Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you are unable to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care. And God bless. Uh, welcome to worship here um, at St. Andrew. Great to have all of you here uh, in person as we gather. Also, a warm word of welcome to those, a warm word of welcome this day as you're gathering uh, in the warm place of your home. Uh, and yes, indeed, we are commercial free today. So it's a good thing. So welcome uh, to worship to all of you um, as, we, as we gather here. And we're underneath the, uh, the theme here of under construction, um, that we are as people, but as faithful people, we're under construction, that we're learning, uh, we're growing. Guarding our faith um, is our topic uh, more specifically here today uh, that I'll get into here in a little bit. But under construction is the theme that I'd like to work with initially. So uh, many of you are, are parents. Uh, many of you have raised your kids and they're long gone. Some are still trying to figure out how uh, to do uh, the raising of kids uh, in a complicated world. Uh, the boys uh, are our tasks, Michelle and me, Alex Alexander and Liam are our three boys, and they're getting into their teens and early 20s now. But when we are uh, teaching them things growing up, uh, we want them to get better and better. You know, we want them to learn and grow, and we pass on words um, of wisdom. So with my boys, when it comes to projects um, around the house, um, there are a few things that they've heard me say once, twice, um, or more often uh, than that. To the boys, um, I will say things like, think before doing. So you can borrow uh, the, the power drill and uh, you can drill through that power drill with a sharp bit, but when you do it on the kitchen counter, um, it will go through the wood and into the kitchen counter. Think before doing. And if you ever come to my house and move your hand over the counter, just don't notice uh, anything in the, in the counter. Or lesson number two, make sure the power is off, right? How many of you have heard that before? Make sure the power is turned off. Way back in college, the apartment uh, that I lived in with uh, three uh, roommates my senior year was like this. You can put your one hand up on top of the refrigerator and your other hand on the metal sink and get a shock. That's the kind of place I lived in my senior year um, of college. Maybe you had a similar um, experience. I think it only happened once or twice. It's not fun to be electrocuted. And so boys, when doing electrical work, uh, like just recently I was putting an outlet in the garage, uh, Michelle called out from her office, is the power turned off? And I made my way down to the basement to make sure the power was off because I know the consequences. And then finally, uh, the job is not done until everything is put away. I don't want to lecture you. Do you feel like you're lectured? But the tools need to be put away after it's done. When the laundry is being done, it's not done until what? It's put away. Um, it's the dishes are not done until the dishes are put away. So anyway, words, words of character building, right? Words of advice. But we're here not necessarily to learn how to do projects, uh, and I'm not, not the expert in any of these things, but we're here because we're faithful people, we're Christian people. Um, and I think over the course of the 2,000 years of Christian history, but even the lives that we live, uh, um, that there are ways that we too um, are learning and growing uh, and are learning how to, how to develop our characters as Christian people. You are followers of Jesus. 
Uh, you are, are, are people uh, living in an important time, um, in an important place, uh, with very important relationships all around you, and you're faithful people. And so how is it that we uh, build up our characters uh, and, uh, and display our faithfulness to God and who Jesus and his love and grace stands for and how that translates then into our care um, of people around us is important um, for us. So there uh, are, when we're under construction spiritually, there are things that we draw from. Uh, one place that I love to turn to is, is, our re- is the reading from Matthew 7. This is the Sermon of the Mount when Jesus said, folks, here's what you need to do to be a disciple um, of mine. This story here from Matthew 7 um, has to do with the, the wise person who built the home on the rock. And the rain came and the wind blew and the floods came um, and, the, and the structure that was built remained firm. But the foolish person uh, builds up their house uh, on sand And so when the rain comes, the wind blows and batters, and that structure is washed away. And as verse 27 talks about then, and how the mighty fall are some lessons for character living and and how we go about uh, living and growing um, in intentional ways. Our own passage here for today um, is from Philippians chapter four uh, that Pastor Matthew read for us already, but I just wanna summarize it here with you. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything for Uh, But in everything, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts, will guard your minds um, in Christ Jesus. For me, the goal of the Christian faith and life is to know and to have with us the peace of God. The peace of God that leads us to rejoice, that is gentleness, the, the, the cognizance that God is near with us, um, that we worry about things, but we also don't need to worry because God is there for us. The peace of God surpasses all understanding that we might ever know or fully understand, and it will guard our hearts and our minds. We're growing in the peace of God. That's what the Christian calling um, is all about. And so we gather here under construction, wanting to know that peace, uh, peace of God. And so a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was an article uh, that was published uh, in the New York Times uh, by an Anglican priest. Uh, she uh, wrote an article in the op- op-ed section called, Why Churches Should End Online Worship. Tish Harrison Warren um, is her name. And at least in my community and in my space, uh, when someone puts that as their title and then writes a long article about it, why churches should end online worship, it creates a little bit of a stir. Even Pastor Matthew, uh, in his leadership with Church Anew and among others, uh, there's an article in response to this, to this uh, New York Times uh, on the Church Anew blog, uh, why churches should end online worship. Now, before you uh, put a comment on Facebook or before you send an email, St. Andrew Lutheran Church is not going to make away with online worship and worship opportunities. We will continue to do these things because we have found how valuable it can be. Do you know how many people participate with us who don't, don't stream in from Minnesota? 
Do you know how many people on a morning like this, it's not safe for them to come outside onto the slippery snow and the below zero temperatures, but they're still with us. You know, how many people on Wednesday evenings want to hear about prop or this coming week, they want to hear about our our mission in Haiti or the following week from Pastor Heron at Zion Baptist Church. How many people don't drive at night or they're blending it in within life and circumstance, but they can log in and see it online. Uh, And how many of us have had online Zoom conversations with people that have actually been lovely? So these components of life and ministry are going to continue um, here at St. Andrew. Uh, So don't think that they're going um, away. But her question still stands for me, at least as we have our chance here today to talk about what it means to be guarding our hearts and how we're strengthened um, in the Lord. Why churches should end online worship. She is arguing that we are lacking the connective tissue as community at least in her church. We could say that could be true, of course, in any church, connective tissue. There is an uh, an, an interconnectedness that is no longer present in Christian communities uh, in the way that they were uh, pre-pandemic. She would even go on to say that Christian faith, like never before, has become elective. It's become elective. It's a choice now, more so than it ever has been before. We might be secularizing as a country, we might have things to say or wonder about that, but the online worship has made it even more elective and less and less consequence of participating in Christian communities. That's what, that's what Tish Harrison Warren is arguing. And I think, of course, as I share it with you here, I know that this is something that's been talked about in our homes, our home with Michelle and me, as well as in all of our homes. Do I need to go to church this morning? What are the other options that we have here this morning? It's awfully cold outside. Now, truth be told, um, when I sat down after delivering my sermon at the first service, one of the first text messages I got on my phone was from my wife as I was sitting over here, um, who, what was she doing? She was participating online. And she said, wow, thank you, Peter. Just just uh, something from, from Michelle. So I want you to know that I am right along in the conversation with you. What is the best way to be about Christian community um, here today? And all the online stuff will continue in its same way, but the question still stands, why Christian churches should end online worship now to better shore up our Christian community? Have we gotten too elective? And what happens to the Christian community when we're left to our own devices? Now, couple this with a conversation I had as a a member of the, I'm privileged to be a member of the board of trustees at my alma mater at Gustavus Adolphus College. And on Thursday and Friday, we had our, our, our quarterly board meetings. And we went around the room, a Zoom conversation, of course, uh, uh, so that because we weren't meeting in person. Uh, went around the room, and these are people that are part of major organizations, big companies, really phenomenal, phenomenal, well-educated people. And they were all talking about, uh, in a section of our plenary agenda, about the implications of the pandemic in their sphere, in their space. 
And I can't tell you the times that I heard the, the word of fatigue, of exhaustion, of isolation. Someone said that, that, that I have people in my company that are languishing, that are languishing. Our new board chair piped up and said that she was reading a study, uh, a Milken study, that said in 20, 2019, the amount of depression and mental illness in our society was one in 10 persons. Now, it's one in four persons are dealing with mental illness and depression. And we wonder why we ask that question, why should churches end online worship? When I hear that kind of statistic, as a pastor, as someone who wants to know where people are, what their circumstance is, I, I wanna say to you, I wanna say to our people online, hello, we're here. I can't tell you the number of conversations that I've had, there are confidential conversations with people who are up here when it comes to depression and anxiety. And we need interconnectivity. We need to end worship online, we need to end online contact. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that our culture and our society, the people in our neighborhoods, the people in our classrooms, one in four. Depression, mental illness, anxiety, um, and so forth. We're here. God cares about you more than you will ever imagine. God loves you. God knows our pains. We need to hear that. So what do we do? I was reading about the US bank strategy to get people back to worship, get people back to the office. And I appreciated a statement that was made by their leadership um, as they are thinking about what to call it, how to make that all work. And they are calling it moments that matter. US bank employees will come back to the office for moments that matter. I imagine like with Michelle's job at her, at her company, they will go back one day a week or two days a week here as the spring rolls on and they will start interacting with the team and then broad, and, but they're creating these moments that matter. And I thought to myself, you know, that's actually not a really bad uh, statement um, for me to say um, about the Christian ministry at St. Andrew Lutheran Church. That we wanna create quality moments that matter. We wanna give you choice so that you can participate in person or come in online on them but they're quality opportunities for you to engage um, in Christian life and faith development. If it's coming to the patio crawl on Thursday night at 6.30 at Unmapped, a little advertisement there, or if it's participating um, on Wednesday evening as we learn about our mission in Haiti. All these things are, are things that matter for us and moments that matter for us and you have the ability to, to know that it's gonna be quality, uh, but it's your choice to be able to come and participate um, in them. I've really appreciated how my son Alex, who graduated from college last May, 
So he's one of these COVID generations. And there's going to be a whole host of our 16, 17, 18, 19, a whole host. We have no idea the implications of this pandemic has been over the past two years. He graduated from, from Gustavus last May, has a good job in downtown Minneapolis, and he started the job virtually. How many of you who are, have a little bit more water under the bridge in your careers think that that was the best way that you could start your career back when you were 22? So Alex, to his credit, not to his parents' credit at all, but to his, he has taken advantage of the opportunities when his company has said, you can come back and be in person. You can come back and be in person. And Alex is one of the first persons through the door because he knows that that hallway conversation, he knows that that lunchroom heating up lunch in the microwave or that meeting that he can be pulled into will be really good for his professional development. And what I'm saying is that for Christian faith, life, and development of our hearts and of our mission, that being together makes a difference. Somehow, some way. It makes a huge difference for us. I need you. I am not the same person or pastor or friend, maybe, if I don't have my people. You need each other because you can't be you can't be without. And we're getting there. I know we're getting there. Trust me, we want to be totally safe and we will be online whenever we can. But I tell you, life really helps when we can be together. I think that's where God really shows up. As good as those Zoom conversations can absolutely be. How important is that? But I do need you. I'm better. So life over the past couple of years has looked a little bit like this. Now this is not a messy desk per se. This is my desk this past week um, at the end of the day. I keep it pretty, my, keep, my, keep my desk pretty, uh, pretty tight and uh, most of the time pretty tidy. So when, uh, when Pastor Matthew was resuming the slides for this worship service here today, um, he knew what I was going to be getting at in my sermon points, and he went and took a picture of his desk. This is a picture of his desk. He inserted it on Thursday afternoon after I'd gone to my meetings. I showed up this morning, and here's a picture of his desk in my sermon slides, which actually helps me make my point even more. Life is complicated these days and very chaotic if you're Pastor Matthew. <laughs> he gets a lot done, actually. He does in his own way. But my, but my image that I want you to think about is how life is so chaotic and life is so full uh, and I feel like this is like this or even my own desk uh, for that matter uh, is the same way it's just chaotic and full and there are times when what I would like if you could advance a slide for me Anna to my to the one that has the desk all nice and clean is that what I want also in life is some order and some intentionality that helps me see my place with God see my place with my people, 
at St. Andrew and in my community so that I can be the person that God wants me to be with them. And I do think a lot of learning and growing happens online. But man, is it great when we can be in person. And for all those who are watching commercial free, you know, this is your place. And we'll be here when you can be here. But the main thing is that we grow in our Christian faith and character. That we love God and that we love our neighbors. And we persevere. Because if anything at all with God's message throughout all of scripture and through the grace of Christ Jesus is that hope, hope abounds. And Christian community is where we find support and encouragement. We'll figure it out. And God is with us. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope you found this week's message helpful as you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you and God bless.